Welcome back to the Legacy Through Motherhood podcast. This is Stephanie, your host, and usually I have an intro to kind of talk about what this show is about, but today I'm actually just going to give you a quick life update instead. And if you don't know, we have four boys right now. They are two, four, six, and eight. And about two weeks ago, we found out that we were pregnant with our fifth, and we are super excited. Um, And for the record, we are not trying for a girl. (laughs) as everyone assumes. Everyone is hoping for a girl and I'm going to feel so bad when it comes out a boy (laughs) because you know it'll be like twin boys, you know. Um, But I mean, if we do have a girl, how fun will that be? And if it's a boy, I'm going to be super excited just to keep my boy mom streak up because I love that so much. So either way, it's a win-win. But you guys, I am like incredibly, incredibly exhausted and I am so sick. Oh my goodness. Uh, It's been like this with all of them, progressively worse with each one. So everyone's like, oh, it's a girl. I'm like, no, every single one has gotten worse and worse with the morning sickness all day. Pretty much if I'm vertical, um, I'm sick. So this is good. Um, I'm trying to make it through this, (laughs) through this podcast. So I don't know like if I'm just so exhausted because I already have four kids or what, but oh my goodness, I'm beat. I could take like four naps a day. Anyways, okay, so pregnancy and, you know, bump updates will happen over on social media, Legacy Through Motherhood on Instagram and Facebook. If you are not following me, go ahead and head over there and do that. And as of yesterday, um, so what was that, November 22nd, I am six weeks. So I am happy to just share our journey. Okay, so let's dive in to this week's episode. It is the week, you guys, of Thanksgiving of 2020, and we are in the midst of a global pandemic still. I remember talking about this back in March, thinking like they had, um, they had totally canceled our 10 year anniversary trip this June. And I'm like, they're crazy. (laughs) What the heck? Here we are, you guys, it's freaking Thanksgiving and we're about to be shut down again. I think in Ohio, um, this past Friday, we literally just had 8,800 new cases of Corona in one day, which is not so. Um, so both sides of our family actually have decided to not get together for Thanksgiving in hopes that we can still get together for Christmas. I don't know. It's all weird around here, but so hopefully things will get back to normal around here, whatever that might look like here shortly. But I'm thinking that within the midst of the pandemic and on top of flu season, I'm thinking we're just going to be kind of hunkered down for the winter, which I'm kind of okay with because I am exhausted. But anyways, I thought what better episode you guys or what better vibe of an episode to release this week than one of hope. And in today's episode, I interview a friend of mine who is the director of a nonprofit called Weightless Anchor. We talk about human trafficking and addiction, prevention, and just how to love on women who are finding themselves in hard places. And today I have a very moving conversation with someone who is so daggone passionate about loving these women. And she talks through the practical and the spiritual and the physical and just emotional ways that we can step in to help. And just wait until you all hear her story about God and wood. (laughs) Yep, you heard that right. Okay, so please welcome my friend, Andrea Holtman. All right. Hey, Andrea, thank you for coming on the Legacy Through Motherhood podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. I'm glad you're here. So can you tell us just a little bit about yourself and then can you just go right into your story about how you ended up deciding to kind of completely shift your life? (laughs) Yes, I can. Um, It's funny that I can just be like, oh yeah, here's how my entire life changed, but here it is. Um, (laughs) In one second. I know. In one bite-sized piece, here it is. Um, so honestly, it's, it's a kind of crazy long story. I'll go as short back as I can to not keep you on here for the next three weeks. But 
I was basically um, a stay-at-home mom for a long time. Went, finally went back into the workforce, loved my job, loved my life, got to travel a lot. Um, I worked as an Epic project manager, and I just was loving every minute of it, making really good money, traveling and meeting people. And then the Lord kind of put it on my heart to quit. And I thought, you know, that's not really something I really want to do. I really like my job. <laughs> so I kind of said something to my husband like, hey, this is weird, but I feel like, you know, it's a time that I should maybe step back and he was kind of like, uh, you should quit right now. Do it right now. Like, I'm ready. Let's do it. And I kind of was really taken aback because I thought, oh, he likes having extra money and his wife working and all the things. Um, and he yeah. said, <laughs> you know, that's like kind of a nice surprise to hear, you know, your husband say, yeah, you know what? You should quit. So yeah. I basically we prayed about it for a little bit and decided, you know what? Now's the time. We're going to take the step. And I just turned my notice in and um, it was crazy because it was met with, are you kidding me? Whatever, you're coming back. We'll have your job. We'll, like, we'll keep it ready for you. You know, right. there's no and way you're really leaving. Time-wise, year-wise? 2017. So June of 2017. Wait, yes, 2017. Um, so I spent the entire um, next couple of months thinking, yeah, I'm going to be spend time with my kids who at this time were um, in, all in high school, getting ready for their next steps, like what college looks like and or if they're going to go to college, whatever that is. So I thought, this is it. I'm going to spend so much time with my family. It's going to be great. Um, and then they all made their decisions for post high school in like a week. <laughs> my daughter, one daughter said, hey, I'm going to do this. My other daughter committed to play softball at Hillsdale. My other, my son said, I don't want to go to, high, go to college. I want to go to trade school. Done. I'm okay. like, okay, well, wait a minute. I just quit everything for this. Hold on. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, what, all right, Lord, then what do you have for me? Um, one of my best friends said, Hey, Andrea, remember how you always talked about going to India on a mission trip? Yeah. Because every single time I was traveling, whenever I would come home, which was maybe five times a year, not, we're not talking every weekend, maybe five times a year, we would step foot into crossroads and it never failed that every single time I was there, someone was on stage talking about sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. It was whether it was, you know, IJM or Mahima home or whoever it was talking about just this huge weight of the world that's happening. It was happening in, everywhere and just how they were a part of it. And it would just break my heart. I mean, I would sit there and just sob. And then I would leave and say like, is this all they're doing now? Are we, is this all we're talking about at church? Is it, is it just sex trafficking all the time? And everyone said, you know, not really at all. It's just when you were here, funny enough. <laughs> and so yeah. I always kind of said like, I would love to be a part of this. Like I would love to go to India and I would love to just see what this what's happening all over our world. Cause in my head, there's no way it was happening here right? It was only in other countries, not, right. not in America or not anywhere close to home. So my best friend said, Hey, you've been wanting to go to India. Let's do it. And I was like, you know what? I have no, I have nothing else on my calendar right now. I can absolutely do that. So I signed up. And at the time I was working at a CrossFit gym, which is where I met you. Mm -hmm. And I was fortunate enough to have just awesome people who supported me and helped me get the funds and raise support for my trip to India. It was just really, that was the beginning of it. I think that was really when the Lord put it on my heart that one, this is something I should be doing Two, I have a whole community of people that are here to support me in this effort and what that looks like. And it was just so reaffirming to have just positive affirmations and positive community around it. So fast forward a few months, actually more than a few months, January, 2019, I traveled to Calcutta, India to, um, do a mission trip for women that have been rescued from sex trafficking, actually women and boys. 
So we went to um, Freeset over there and to some boys and girls homes for over the course of uh, t- about 10 days. And while I was over in India, I was sitting in a room at Freeset and it was me and the director of women's ministry for Block. Her name is Kelsey and a girl from New Zealand. And the girl from New Zealand said, hey, what do you guys do back in the States? I'm not paying a whole lot of attention because I'm focused on my task and whatever. And Kelsey starts talking about Block Ministries. And I am sitting in this room and I hear, there's three of us, three girls. And I hear a man's voice say, listen to her because you're going to be doing that. I I literally stopped and I thought, (laughs) I'm severely jet lagged. (laughs) I I am hearing voices. Yes, I I have auditory hallucinations. Something is seriously wrong. But so I'm like listening to her and thinking, oh, wow, Block Ministries, never even heard of them. Oh, wow, they're in Cincinnati. That's crazy. No idea. So I listened to her a little bit. Don't say a whole lot. And then a couple days later, we're in the lobby of the hotel and we're talking and I'm asking her some questions about it. And she's like, this is going to sound crazy, but I think that I'm going to like, you're going to be a part of Block. And in my head, I'm thinking, not so crazy because this is what my hallucinations are telling me. (laughs) (laughs) But so kind of back and forth the entire trip, we talked about what it would look like for me to, when we get back to volunteer, to be a part of Block. And so we came back and she pretty much told me like, I'm going to give you two weeks then you're going to come and volunteer. Cool. Perfect. I've got all the time in the world. Love to volunteer. It's only a half hour away. I can handle that. So I get back. She gives me about two weeks, <laughs> contacts me and says, Hey, here's, I really think that you would be great. This place, this ministry we have called weightless anchor. I know that you love to do prison ministry. You have a really big heart for women. You're really great with people that are in vulnerable situations, but don't like to be vulnerable. So this is where we, I think you'd be great. I'm like, that's awesome. Send me there. I'm ready. Let's do it. So I go and meet her there. Um, first time I go to the, our house that we had in Lower Price Hill. And it was okay. It was kind of slow. There wasn't a whole lot of people that came in. Um, you know, didn't think anything of it. I thought, yeah, I can do this. That's fine. And she said, no, no, I want you to go to the, our other house up in East Price Hill, which is a lot busier than this. I just wanted this to be like an introduction so I could kind of go through what we do. I was like, okay, that's fine. So the next week I go up to the East Price Hill house and my world is just rocked. I think I cried for two hours when I left, I, my heart was like simultaneously emptied and filled. It was just the craziest, most life-changing day. And while I was there, I was talking to the director of Weightless Anchor, who was Cassie Booker. And she said, was telling me that while I was in India, that her and the current house manager, Tessa, were praying and fasting for someone to bring a replacement for her because she needed to step away to, um, finish her social work degree or licensing or whatever she had to do. And I was like, Hmm, of course you were doing that when I was sitting in a room. <laughs> Why wouldn't that happen? That's crazy. So you, I have right. no blame for hallucinating, whatever. It was funny. Right. <laughs> but, um, so a couple, like maybe a week later, Kelsey says to me, Hey, I want to be a little bit more intentional about talking to you about actually working for block. I kind of laugh. Cause I know that, um, at Block Ministries, one of the coolest thing about them is that everyone that works for them lives in Price Hill where we work, where we serve. And you did not live in Price Hill. <laughs> I definitely did not. I lived in suburbia in Liberty Township. So even though we were only looking like 35, 40 minutes away, literally a different world. Uh, you know, I didn't, if I heard a gunshot, it was because someone's deer hunting it was, you know, I there's I could leave my cars unlocked, and at half the time our house was unlocked. We didn't have a security system. 
there was no thinking about anything like that. Um, so of course my first thought is, well, that's cute and funny, but there's no way, like I'm not moving my whole house to price Hill. Like, have you, do you watch the news? They're on them all the time. Like price Mm -hmm. is always on the news. People get shot. Right. Yes. Anybody like not around Cincinnati. Yes. So Liberty township is like suburbs, like pretty wealthy, pretty, what I, I, you know, there's obviously some, um, you know, it's, there's a scale, but it's, it's a just outside of the city and price Hill is right smack dab in the city where there, it is just inner city right there. So that is the transition we're talking about here. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it was a, it's a pretty big, yeah, it was a, a, like I said, it was from news to me when she even mentioned like, sure, you should move your family down here. I was like, yeah, you know where I live. Which I love. (laughs) Right. Which I love because it's like, they want you to be in community with the people you're serving. Like it makes so much sense. Oh, it's, the, the entire foundation of BLOCK is just really cool. So f- for anyone that doesn't know, BLOCK stand, actually stands for Believing in the Power of Hope, Living Where We Serve, One-to-One, Christ in Us. So basically building relationships to share hope and like to be a part of everyday lives for people that live here, whether that's crisis or celebration, just to be a part of that. So it's it's awesome. I will They're amazing. Um, so... Kelsey presents me with this opportunity, says I'd be great for it, tells me to pray about it. They're, that's another cool thing about Black. We're not, they're not trying to sell people to come to be part of their team. It's kind of, if the Lord's putting you here, then this, then we want you. And if he's not, then awesome, we love you still. So that's that was really cool just to say, hear her say, you know, hey, pray about it. Talk to Adam. Talk to your family. See if this is right for you. We think you'd be great. We think you'd be a great part of the team. But this is ultimately up to you. So, of course, I'm like, well, of course it's up to me and I'm not moving to Bryce Hill. <laughs> but I come home and I talk to Adam and we ha- we actually go down to have dinner with Kelsey and Chris and uh, with the- they are just awesome people. They basically lead. Um, Kelsey's the director of women's ministry and Chris is the director of overall ministry. So he runs like the kind of like an operations manager type person. If you're looking at ministry nonprofit world. Um, so we go to dinner with them. We leave they kind of tell us about all the things, like all the ins and outs, logistics of actually working for block, what that looks like. And we leave and I say, you know, Adam, what'd you think? And he said, you have to do this. Like you were meant for this. You have to do it. <sighs> of course he has to always right. be so supportive. Right. Can't just be like, <laughs> Nope, we're not doing it. So I, I say, okay, you know, and she's like, you know, just pray about it. Like that's what you, you just have to pray about it and see what the Lord says. So that following Tuesday, I decide, you know what? I'm hitting my knees. Here we go. Like, I'm going to throw a temper tantrum. I'm kind of mad a little bit about leaving my big job and my big life and the fact that maybe this is where I'm called to leave my nice, cushy suburban house and move down to the inner city when, you know, our kids are getting ready to be out of high school. And we could have talked about, you know, log cabins by the river or by the lake, by a lake somewhere, you know, not inner city, Price Hill. Um so I'm basically literally on my knees in my bedroom praying and saying like, Lord, is this really where you want me? Is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this what you have for my life? Like, I want to follow your lead, but you have to tell me because this seems crazy. And so in a temper tantrum, Andrea style fashion, I basically say like, hey, you think you're the biggest shot up there that can perform miracles and do all things. Then if this is really what you want for me, then I want you to give me a block of wood. I, that's what I want from you. You want me to work for block ministries? Then I want you to present me with a block of wood. I, you know, we've all had these moments, right? 
We're, it's, <laughs> it's not logical. It's, I love this story. It's just, <laughs> it's just emotional and whatever and crazy. So that was on Tuesday. I kind of don't think about it, to be honest. I kind of just went about my week and did, didn't think a whole lot about it. Kind of just prayed here and there about what was happening, but not anything crazy. And then Saturday, we step into church at Crossroads, and they are doing a series on legacy. And I don't know if you know a lot about them, but Crossroads is pretty big. There's a lot of churches in Cincinnati all around. And they have a campsite with that they do women's camp and men's camp and couples camp. And they decided that they were going to cut down some of their trees and give everyone at Crossroads a block of wood. <sighs> yep. I sat in that pew and just sobbed like a baby. <laughs> oh, I bet. Oh, I, I bet. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like like a block of wood. How? Right. Like (laughs) random. Freaking kidding me. And they even like said it's a block of wood and kind of like went through. I think Brian, the head pastor, was on stage, like kind of basically showing how to take a tree apart and come put these blocks of wood, whatever. But he's even saying like a block of wood, a block of wood. And I'm thinking, you got to be freaking kidding me. His, my Lord is really going to give out. My big God is really going to give out thousands and thousands of pieces of wood just to get my butt to Price Hill. (laughs) <laughs> all right I guess I hear you um so yeah needless to say we I actually accepted the job I'm pretty sure the next day I called or texted Kelsey and said well here we are here we are I guess I'll um I guess I'll be down there tell me what I need to do next um and then I started I started working at Weightless Anchor which is in the heart of Price Hill in East Price Hill on April 1st April 1st of 2019 so last year about a year and a half about a year and a half ago, yep. And we decided that we were going to stay, keep our house in Liberty Township for a little while, um, let our kids graduate because I have twin daughters and they had one more year of high school. So we were going to stay up there for them to graduate. And once they graduated, then we would actually make them move to live in Price Hill. Um, and then <laughs> about a month into working there, it was just really hard. And they told me it would be. Everyone at Block Ministries told me it's going to be harder on you than it is on us for you to not live here. And I didn't really understand what they meant. Cause it's not the drive, you know, pe- plenty of people drive downtown. It's not the end of the world to make that drive. Um, but at the end of the day, after you see and talk to the people of the community, it's really hard to get in your car and drive back to the suburbs and get in your nice warm house and your cushy bed and where there's no um, police sirens and, gunshots and just, and you know, the girls aren't sleeping on the streets that, you know, and it was really, really hard. So we kind of thought about like, okay, maybe we try to sell the house right now while the real estate market's booming. We'll put it on the market, see what happens, you know, live with my parents for a little bit. And then we'll make the move once we can find like the perfect house for us over the next year and the kids can stay at my parents kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And of course, and of course, just like he does, we put the house on the market and like four hours later it was sold. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which was, I mean, it's such a blessing, right? Cause you know, it's, it's a pain in the butt to sell your house. Nobody really enjoys doing that. Yeah. Um, and to keep it clean. Right. right. At least the yeah. little ones. <laughs> We're with teenagers and a dog and just being busy right. people. So yeah. it sold fast. It was a huge blessing. And then we actually ended up moving into price sale later last year. Um, finding a house and it was, it's been awesome being a part of it and just being actually right in the mix. It's been, I, now that we've been here a year, 
it's funny to even think that I haven't always lived here. Right. But I can't imagine my life any different. So that's crazy. Um, crazy, but good. Like not, not crazy. is not even the right word. Um, <laughs> so I say crazy out of like habit, but really it's amazing. Yeah. Um, just in general, like how everything really does work out. And like, if you're just truly like you were truly seeking like what God wanted for your life and where you were truly meant to be, I feel like it was just a neon light for you guys just to go <laughs> straight down there. Um, so can you talk a little bit about what Weightless Anchor does specifically and maybe even start with like what the name represents? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'll start big and then get smaller to Weightless. So Block Ministries as a whole is basically, it was, had been around for like 22, 23 years, um, started as an after-school program just to meet the needs of all these kids that don't have necessarily have a family unit or a huge community around them, a lot of support. So we started as an after-school program and then very soon realized that, okay, along with these kids, they have, they do have families and they do have moms and they do have just, there are people around this neighborhood that also need help. And one of the things that we were really seeing were these women on the streets every day suffering with, um, whether it be an addiction to drugs or selling themselves on the streets, um, we just started to see it everywhere. And so in 2012, Weightless Anchor was opened as a ministry to go after the women that are that were living and working on the streets, stuck in addiction, sex trafficking, or prostitution, um, homelessness, and that just didn't have a safe place to land, didn't have anywhere they could go that someone didn't expect something of them. So we just wanted to offer a home and a place for them to find rest and to see a glimpse of what Jesus has for them, feel love, get a chance to understand that they are worth more than what they're doing. They're worth more than what they have right now and that they deserve so much more and that they are loved. Um, so that's how the house started in 2012 in Lower Price Hill. Um, and then it just opened up. We opened as drugs and everything kind of moved up the hill in Price Hill. We opened another house in East Price Hill for the same thing, just to kind of follow the need as it moved. And that's where we have the biggest numbers now where we're seeing anywhere from 25 to 40 women a day. So we have women that come in off the street. We're a daytime hospitality home open throughout the week to offer hot, hot meals, clothing for women, showers, a place to rest, and just to build trust and relationships so we can one, introduce them to Jesus so we can help get to heal their brokenness completely. And then two, to hopefully get them off the streets and get them into recovery or whatever whatever their needs currently are. Um, a lot of them have a history of trauma. So trying to just wrap around that and let them understand that they do deserve a better life and that they are loved. Uh, and that, which is basically where the name Weightless Anchor came from. Because these women that I have the, I'm the blessed to serve have this huge, huge weight, heavy weight that they're just carrying around all the time. And even though I can't take that weight from them, I can at least when they come into our doors, I can make that anchor weightless for them. So that's kind of where weightless anchor came from. And then our hope is eventually that they will meet the Lord and give their, give their heart to Jesus so that he can take that weight permanently. Um, I love that. Yeah. yeah so so do you guys see a lot of the same women coming through or is it different women? What does that look yeah, like? Yeah, we have 
over the, I'm a kind of a data nerd, which is that whole corporate background. So it's kind of funny. You stick me in the middle of a nonprofit. I still turn to numbers. So that's kind of how my brain works. Um, so I actually do keep track of these kind of things for a couple purposes. One, cause I want to know who we're serving. So I know how to be prepared and best be, have that stuff to, to serve, to serve them. And also, so we can try for grants to kind of raise our, our nonprofit and help out. But so we have seen in the last year and a half, just a little over 200 different women. Um, it was pretty steady at about 110, 120 as of a year ago. And then you would think with COVID that we would maybe not see as many because people were either getting sick or not coming in or not being around. But the actual, actually the opposite happened in the last eight months. We've actually had more girls come through the door that had never come in before more, so more brand new people. Um, we're seeing about, I would say, I think the number is somewhere between three and five new girls a week right now. But during COVID, it was like three girls a day that we were seeing that were brand hmm. new. Who why, do you never, th- why do you think that is? Um, I, I have my guesses, a couple of which is that we are, we have been building a lot of trust with the girls in the neighborhood. So now we're not just this place that's popped in to try to help out that people don't trust, but we've built a lot of trust and relationships with the girls that are out there and word spreads and they all get to know each other. So I think some of it is that. And then I think some of it is a lot of places closed down during COVID. So a lot of the social services that are out there to help our people, even though they're still open, they went virtual. Well, if you're a homeless person and you don't have a phone or a computer, it makes it kind of difficult to have a virtual meeting or a virtual consultation with an organization. And when we lost, and then a lot of the clinics that would normally serve, they started closing or changing the way that you would get an, get, um, an appointment or set things up. So that kind of draw out some, drew out some more people that were may, maybe maintaining kind of their life without needing additional help. And then all of a sudden now they need more than they could get before. Yeah. yeah. So what kind of, so I know you kind of talked uh, touched on this a little bit, but what kind of things practically and like, how do you serve these women? Um, I know that we've t- obviously talked about like just um, self-care kind of kits yeah. or whatever. And But what else do you guys do? Just provide um, just like a safe to, – to supply a safe space for them. Sure. Um, we are volunteer-based. So we have uh, – we only allow women over the age of 18 to come into our house. So um, – but we have a lot of women that – that come and volunteer with us or that put together meals and things like that. So we have, we always, every day when the, when our girls come in, we have hot meals available. Sometimes it's a, it's a we're really lucky and we get a pizza day. And so we're able to feed them because sometimes they haven't eaten in 24 hours. Um, sometimes they haven't eaten in a couple more in a couple of days. It's really sad. Mm, yeah. um, we have, it's one of the things that I forget that I forget it's unique because I've been dealing with it for so long. But I just had this conversation last week and it was such a blessing that I'm going to share it on here because I just, my heart's still overfilled from it. I was meeting with a, with a couple of awesome people that are good supporters of ours. And they said at the end, like, what, what do you guys need? Like, what, how can we help you? And I said, you know, we always need money and underwear. And they were laughed and thought, what? Underwear? Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, like, that's just a really weird thing to hear. Like, what do you mean underwear? And I said, you know, we, we see between 25 and 40 women a day and we give them each a pair of new underwear. And they were kind of, you know, like, wow, why does anyone need, you know, that many underwear in a week? Well, we're, you realize they're not going home to shower to wash their clothes. 
there. So it's not like, oh, I gave you a pair and now you could just keep washing them every day. Right. Two, if you think about the life that they're living and the things that are happening to them when they're on the streets and the abuse that they're going through, sometimes they don't last a couple hours because they've been ripped off or discarded or they've been soiled because of whatever bodily fluid shouldn't be on there. Um, right. And we take advantage of the fact that, you know, we they're just underwear. You just, everyone has them and we, it's just part of the way it is. So I kind of told that story and of course their hearts are broken and I forget about that because it's a part of my everyday. Um, right. That was on Wednesday. And then on Friday, <laughs> my husband calls me and says, I saw this. Was this the huge <laughs> picture? <laughs> I, okay. You can, you can tell everybody, but I saw this. This was amazing. Oh my gosh. It was so funny. And now it's like such a blessing that I have to tell everyone, but my husband called and every wife or female in the world can attest to this. He called and he's freaking out. He's like, um, there are 50 Amazon packages on our front porch. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? I have not ordered anything from Amazon. And I'm like, there's 50 packages. What do you mean? Like I expect we get a couple a week because I do, right. we do have an Amazon wish list for wait lists and people, it comes to my house, but 50 packages. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's freaking out. Cause you know, he thinks Christmas has begun. Um, right. So I come home and I start opening them and I keep saying like, everyone has sent these notes with them that are just really sweet. And, you know, like, these are for you. Great. Like, we love your women. We love what you're doing. And then I kept saying this hashtag panties for a purpose. And then finally, I come across one of them that says, you know, thank you from Anchor Fitness. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is, this is them. I was like, this is my people. These are who I met with. And, oh, my gosh, they did this. Oh, my goodness. So I'm freaking out. It came down. We had a total of 850 pair of underwear. Wow. That were delivered to my house between Friday and Sunday. So 85 packs of 10 that showed up on my front door because I said, we need money or underwear. And these people, these awesome people were like, oh, that's easy. They made a Facebook post and said, we want to help these folks. Panties, hashtag panties for a purpose. And we were blessed abundantly. So it was just yeah, a cool I'm gonna thing. have to like I'm gonna have to um steal that picture if you have it on whatever yes, and then absolutely. maybe I'll post it so people can see. But it was I remember seeing that now. But I think that it's really um the, here's here's what I've learned. So I'm a big missions person, you know this. And I think that a lot of people really want to help, especially people um you know, we all have a different thing to give. We either have a ton of time and no money, or we have a lot of money and no time, or we have none of both, or we have both, right? Like we fall in one of those four camps. And so, but often I feel like people don't, it's just like you said, it's not front of mind that someone, you know, may need underwear. Like that's just not front of mind for me. And so, but I will say the second that someone they trust, like a friend on social media or whatever, will put out like, Hey, I need socks or Hey, I need underwear. Or for when we did the hygiene Yes. Kits, you know, it's like, hey, I need money for this. It's like people just jump on it because they're like, yes, I want to serve. People have a heart to serve. And I've learned um, just with my work with missions and stuff, a lot of times we want to say we have, you know, I don't even know, like a million, like let's just talk about foster care. There is 440,000 kids in foster care around the US, you know, like we need foster parents or whatever. The problem is, is that when we approach it like that, People are like, oh my God, that's so overwhelming. I don't even know what to tell you. Like, that's that's crazy. That's a huge number. But we can't, like, we can't connect to that. But when you talk about like, you know, I need, there are, you know, there are foster children or whatever. I need um, 
three packs of underwear, two packs of socks, and you know, some two T clothes, whatever that people can wrap their mind around. Or, hey, this foster family needs a meal Tuesday and Thursday. Can, people can wrap their mind around that. And so when you guys, just in general or any missions place, nonprofit or whatever, I've learned that there's power in the small numbers because people can get behind that and they feel like they can really like contribute. And so I feel like there's so much success a lot of times when we're like Hope's Closet, which is a foster care agency around here does that. We need underwear, we need diapers or whatever. And it's like, they do, will do the same like pictures on their front step and it's just like a million packs of diapers or yes, you know, whatever yes. else. So, And it is such a blessing. Like, it doesn't seem like anything, right? And a lot of times people will think, they'll say, oh, it wasn't anything. I just sent a pack of underwear. I'm like, you have no idea. One pack of underwear just blessed 10 women. Like a $12 pack of underwear, plus 10 women, they got to have 10, 10 people got to have new underwear that actually have clean underwear and feel clean and loved and taken care of. And it's, that's a huge deal. It's just, we, it's, it's, it's hard to think on this small scales and nobody thinks about it because it's just stuff that we do every day. Um, like your hygiene kits, those, I mean, we have women that still beg for them because we gave them out as like the best our hygiene kits aren't always as great as those. Sometimes they're <laughs> lacking some things. So every, we made sure everyone got one, like the first one. So everybody got one, every single person that comes in. And then we would give them out as people needed them. And then now people will still come in and say like, do you have the good kits still? Are the good kits still <laughs> yeah. around? Because they were still like, it was just such a blessing. And to have an organization that cares and puts time and money into building something like that, not only is it awesome product, it's awesome that they know that some, that there was a group of people that actually spent their time and energy and money to put that together for them. Yes. So it wasn't just, Oh, here's a, here's a pair of socks or, Oh, here's a, here's a bar of soap. They were, they know that they were carefully put together by people who cared and donated them. And it's just, it's really cool to watch the women that we serve have gratitude up around that and next, and to see them light up because someone cared about them. It's really well, it's cool. so powerful, like when, especially because you don't like, they don't know these people, like these people don't know them. And so exactly like you were saying, when we had talked, when you had come over, you know, it's like, what, like this whole, it's just this, like, I don't even know what, like, um, just realization that people care. And because I feel like, especially in the life that they're living, I'm sure that like worthiness or themselves being worthy is not something they think about, right? No. Like they are used so much. And so it's like, you don't understand, like you are valuable to someone who doesn't even know you. And I feel like that's just a gift um, that so many people can give, you know, like not everybody can do what you're doing, but everybody can do something. Right. And so I just feel like that's, that's amazing. It's, it's awesome. It's really cool to see. And that you're exactly right. That's one of the biggest problems for the women is just their self-worth. And they've been told their entire lives that they're not worth anything. They've been sold for drugs. They've been, you know, left alone on the streets. They've been what, whatever it is to get them in the situation that they are right now, because we all know that nobody wakes up and as a 10 year old girl and says, I want to be a prostitute when I grow up. Um, so all these girls that are out there, they're there because they have, they were put there. They were, they're there because of a, for a reason. And it's not because it's where they want to be. And just so for someone, anyone to tell them that they are loved and they are cared for. And I see you and you are beautiful and you are loved for who you are and not for what you do, then it's just, ugh. it, you know, it sometimes it takes some time to break through, but when you see them get it, it's just the coolest, it's, it's the biggest blessing. It's exactly why I do what I do. 
Well, and what was uh what was on the fringe? I haven't been to the fringe coffee house, which oh, I need to go. You have to I go. know. I need to, I need to go. But they had posted something that basically said, like, you know, we all have a plan until I don't know, like until you get punched happens. in the mouth. It's a until mic- you get punched in the face. Yeah. I think it's <laughs> something like I that. think it's a Mike Tyson quote or one of the boxers quotes. He says everyone has a plan until you get punched in the mouth or something like that. Yeah. I love yeah, it. And it and then you're just scrambling. And so just like you said, none of these women um, that this was not their life choice to like, this is what I want to be when I grew up. It just, you know, life happens to people and people get knocked down. And unfortunately then it's almost like, you know, you're just getting hit by wave after wave after wave after wave. And for them to, for you guys are just giving them a hand up just even for the day. And hopefully they'll be able to take a big enough breath, you know, to actually walk out of that. But, um, you guys are for sure needed. So I know that God has put, some big kind of next steps, phases, whatever on your heart. So can you just like go into that? Because I just, I know we talked a little bit via text, but I just want to hear all the things. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things. I feel like I'm, it's, I feel like it's a year and a half ago when I was saying like, really God, really? Okay, here we go again. Um, One of my really good friends has kind of in the last month or two been really feeding into me about vision and about really going after big things because it's, you know, it's, I spent the last year and a half trying to just get my feet out for just, just to get my feet in where I'm doing and figure out the ins and outs of my new life and what this looks like. And, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of experience with people that are on heroin or people that are being trafficked or the life of inner city. So now that I've kind of gotten where, okay, cool. We're getting underwear in the mail. Cool. We have awesome people making hygiene kits. Awesome. We have people blessing us with food. Like there's big things out there for these, for, for more people for us to reach. What does that look like? So I've been praying really hard about it and really kind of just visioning out what that looks like and what bigger things we can do within Weightless Anchor, within the entire women's ministry of block ministries, and just kind of how I can be a part of that. And darned if he didn't just put on some really big things on my heart that I thought, okay, I'm one person, man. (laughs) okay I got this we'll do it but some so some of the did you ask for more wood yeah you know what I'm actually afraid to ever do that again so no (laughs) now my my new thing is a another friend that I met a couple weeks ago has told me that I just have to declare everything so anytime that something comes up that I know is a nudge from him I just declare it that it's it's going to be and so be it because if you're putting it here you're going to help me do it so that's kind of where I'm headed now um So what it, what it looks like for us for the next year or ongoing years, there um, are some really big things. There's four major components of those. One is I do want to open another house further up the hill because I the more I drive north up Glenway, which is where I, it's kind of like the main street through where I'm going, as I drive up, I'm seeing more and more girls move further up the hill. And I there, I know there's a whole entire group of people up there that we are not reaching because they don't go south of certain streets or whatever. Um, so step, so number one is to open another house further up the hill in Price Hill. Um, number two is a pregnancy center for women and in the Price Hill area. There are a couple really cool pregnancy centers for women in these situations, but they're just so far outside of Price Hill. And what to people that live in Liberty Township or people that have lots of transportation, you wouldn't think that they're that far. We're talking Covington, you know, Northern Kentucky, and we're talking just outside of Price Hill a little bit, but too far for our women. So there, I'm seeing a lot of girls that that are coming in pregnant and they either lose the baby because of the situation, the life that they're living, or 
they have the baby taken away from them because they are still on drugs when they give birth um, or just whatever situation it is. It's really hard. And having prevention, having education around pregnancy is just not something that's readily available. And so it's really been on our hearts to open a pregnancy center to eventually hopefully even be maybe a birthing center for women that are in poverty and that are in Price Hill and the situation that we serve. So that's number two. Yeah. And yeah, just these small things, nothing, nothing, just nothing too big. Yeah. Just these two small tiny things. little, yeah. <laughs> small things. Um, and the third thing we are actually, this is something we're actually actively working on. It's just been on my heart to be a part of it and just to see if I can just help to support it any way I can is opening a minor home for girls rescued from sex trafficking. So that's something that we are really going hard after right now. Um, so that's the third. And then the fourth thing is street outreach an actual intentional set street outreach program. Currently what that looks like is (laughs) I go for a walk a couple days a week when we're closed. I usually walk to the coffee shop and back, which is about a mile. I go past kind of the hot spots where all of my friends from waitlist hang out and are on the streets. And I get a chance to really talk to them. And I've met so many more people. I get a chance to love on people that can't come through my doors because they're men or they're children, or they don't want to come through our doors because they don't have built that trust with us. So people that I'm not able to meet inside of a building um, because of COVID and because of being outside a little bit more, I've realized that we can reach so many more people if we're actually out and about and being intentional about meeting people where they're at instead of expecting them to come to us. Mm. So, Which is a perfect reflection of the gospel just in general. <laughs> yeah. So those are, so it's something we're already, like that's what we're already kind of doing, but we just don't have it as set as a program something that we're doing scheduled intentionally with more than just me and maybe a random person or whoever wants to come on a walk with me because I've been recruiting people. It's always my favorite. They come on a walk with me. They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, we're going to walk around and just talk to people. And they're like, just because like, you'll see, just come on. It'll be fine. We're going to walk to the coffee (laughs) shop. So there is good. We're going to get coffee and then we're going to come back. And then it never fails. Every single person that has come on the, on my walk with me has been like, Oh, that was life changing. Can I please do it again? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. You sure can. So what what kind of things do you end up talking um, to these women about? Uh, sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes it's oh my gosh, it's so cold out here. Or holy crap, what happened to your face? Or I I wish I didn't have yeah. to say that as often as I do. Um, mm-hmm. Or why? Where did your shirt go? Or I mean, it's it can be as easy as something that I physically notice on the person. Or who's your friend? What are you guys doing? What's hanging out today? What what have you guys been up to? Like it's having normal conversations that you don't think about. Think about running into your friends at the coffee shop and what you talk about. Nothing big, but having that interaction, you always leave feeling so much better. Like, oh, it was so great to see that person today. Well, and That's, to have somebody recognize them yes. and like call them by name and like see yes. them. And you know look what I mean? them in and the eye. Not and ask their look hand. them in the eye. Yep. 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 Yeah. Um, so honestly, the, the biggest thing that we do is give out hugs and highs. Yeah, it's it's that's about it. We we say hello. I give out a lot of hug co- or COVID friendly appropriate responses. Right. <laughs> and we, elbow taps. <laughs> right, right. Elbow taps. Yeah. Um, but it's just, and I get to meet the people that they're there with. That, like I said, that aren't coming in or that has or and it's really cool to see somebody that I'm like they're like oh my gosh this is my friend Joey and. They're like, this is Andrea. And he's like, I heard so much about you. And then I get to have, then I get to, it's just something else I get to talk about them when they do come in. Like, Hey, that's cool. How's Joey? Who's he? Like, do we love him? Do we hate him? How's this going? <laughs> you know, <Right>. girl <laughs> conversations that right. it's not something you think to have a conversation about, but once you meet them 
where they're at, then you kind of get to know more about their life and not just the, here's what I need. Please feed me. Please, you know, help me stay alive for today. It's more friendly banter. And like on Halloween, we actually, my husband and daughter and I made little goodie bags with candy and just walked up and down the street and gave them out to everybody. Like not to kids, but to like our women and the men that they were with. And it was just so much fun. And they got to meet my family and I got to meet more people. And we sat outside of one on the street for a little while and just talked to a couple of people. And it was great. And we got home and my daughter was like, oh my gosh, like, I know you talk about all your, all these girls all the time, but just to see them and like, they love you and they're so sweet and they're so nice. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they're people. Right. You know? So. Right. Yeah. Well, and proximity just like tears oh, yeah. down walls. For you sure. Know? Yep. Which is, again, back to the beginning of the conversation, that why it's so important for you to live where you're serving. Yeah. Yeah. Just in general. But I love that because I feel like you guys, like in the house, you guys can provide just the physical kind of, you know, the food, the shelter, the, you know, clean underwear, whatever. But then out there, it is more of like a relational fill, like the I see you. I, you know, like you said, I I need nothing from you. I just see you as a person and I know your name and, you know, I care to even ask like how, you know, whatever, which obviously breaks down walls. That's amazing. Um, Okay. So anything else that you would just like to share about your ministry or um, anything that you guys do or you can um, also just kind of, where can people find you? Where can people, um, you know, I don't know if you have a website to donate to or whatever. Like, can you talk about that? Absolutely. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk about a couple of things, but I'll give you um, all that information. I promise. So one, I, I am fortunate enough to be a part of Block Ministries as a whole, where we have 28 programs. I'm not going to talk about all of them because that would take weeks, but there are <laughs> lots of them. Um, I'll link to it. In yes, the show notes. thank you. Yeah, there are 28 programs as far go from from children to men to women to arts, everything you can think of. We are we try to um, support and provide in our community, so it's awesome. Um, but I am especially obviously fond of the women's ministry because it's what I'm a big part of. And in our women's ministry, we have four programs that are really key. We have Girls Wanted, which is like our preventative program to keep women out of weightless anchor. So that's girls 12 to 17 that get together once a week and just talk, basically. They, they do fun things. They have some field trips. They do really cool things. But that's that's a really cool ministry that I love and I'm, a, I'm happy to be a part of. And then we So is that yes. girls that are on the streets or where it's do not, those girls just from? These are the girls that live in Price Hill. And a lot of them we meet from the schools that are around the area that we, that just, they, they don't, they're not getting a lot of attention or they don't have a lot of places to go or, you know, they're maybe in a vulnerable situation and it's just, we're just here to build into them and just make sure that they know that they are seen and loved and cared for and trying to introduce them to the gospel and introduce them to Jesus and say, you know, like this is, you are loved. You do have family and here we are. So that's our girls wanted program. Um, and then we have our weightless anchor, which is me. And then, which is, I talked about already. And then we have our jail ministry. So, um, part of loving women that live on the streets and they're stuck in addiction and prostitution means that a lot of my friends end up in jail when they up and end up in jail. You know, there's sometimes that I am just, I, I feel overwhelmed with gratitude because maybe I was afraid that they weren't going to make it another day. And to know mm-hmm. that they're in jail, I know that they have a place to sleep and a moment to be clean and off of drugs where we can go in and visit them and say, hey, sorry, you're here. We love you. 
We're thinking about you. Let us help you and prepare something for you for when you get out. Let us have a plan for where you're going to go and what you're going to do to not end up back in here. So we get to be in there. Like they rarely get visitors. So to have someone come in and sit with them and pray with them and say, we love you and we want to help it so you don't have to do this again. So that's our jail ministry. We have a couple women that do that, that go in there so that, because they're ordained so they can go behind glass and, you know, actually be a part of their and sit with mm-hmm. them and have a good visit. Um, that's our jail ministry, which oftentimes leads girls to go into our next part of our ministry, which is our redeemed home. We have two homes that are um, residential living, re- residential recovery homes for girls coming out of the situation, like right at Weightless Anchor, to coming off the streets, coming out of addiction, coming out of trafficking. Um, we have our two residential homes that actually care for care for those girls, and it's a like a year to an eighteen month program. Um, so those are our four girls men at women's ministries and you can find out anything more about all of those. Cause we always of course need all the things, volunteers, money, donations, anything you can think of. We, you can find out more about those by going to our website, which is oneblock.org, which is O N E B L O C.org. You can, anyone can email me or even call me, Stephanie, you're more than happy, more than welcome to post my phone number. Everyone has it. If you Google it, you'd get it anyway. You're more than welcome. To, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but everyone has my phone number. So if I don't answer in the first time, it's just because it rings a lot. But you can always text me or call me my cell phone number. She can put that out there. And I am happy to answer any questions or meet for coffee to talk more about anything anyone wants to know or if anyone wants to be a part of what we do or support us. I love nothing more than to meet people at Block Coffee Shop, which is in Price Hill at the in the Incline District. And it is gorgeous. And it also supports the women's ministries. So I'm happy to meet anyone to talk about that stuff as well. Um, yes, in On our website, the oneblock.org, that's how people can donate and stay connected as well. We have a donate button there, which you can pick from a list of programs or people that you can donate to. We are, uh, as a part of mis- um, the ministry, we are urban missionaries. So all the staff at Block does raise their own support to so raise their own salaries. So all the people, you'll wonder why if you go to donate, there's a list of people there as well. Those are folks that are part of our ministry that are raising support to be able to continue doing what we're doing. Um, and yeah, and we have a Facebook page and an Instagram that I try to keep updated. It's usually just me making an idiot of myself or showing funny pictures or blessing or crying because we've been blessed with 850 pair of underwear. Um, yeah, but social media, any of those things. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Oh my goodness. I like, I love, I mean, every single thing that you guys, do. If, if I, you know, I just, I really wish that I could have my hands in absolutely everything. I know that we've also talked about this before, yes. but, um, you know, we all are on our own path. We're all running our own thing and you know, we all gotta be, there's plenty of places for all of us to be. So, all right, girl. Well, thank you so much for coming on and just talking about all of that and just even just like enlightening us of how, you know, important freaking underwear is. Um, and you know, like soap, really, you know, we (laughs) like, that's also important. It's funny because, um, so my mom and I are district representatives for days for girls, which is a, um, nonprofit. And we basically, um, make feminine hygiene kits for women in Nairobi, Kenya. And, um, we, it's not just like a hygiene kit. There's a whole health curriculum they get with like, um, you know, tracking your period, good touch, bad touch, like all the whole nine. Um, and that. how, how pregnancies related to your period, whatever, whole thing. Um, 
but in our in our kits that we give, we give like pads and that kind of stuff that we make. But then there's also like washcloths, but there's a bar of soap, like a hotel soap, yeah. free soap that we get. Um, they cry over the soap. Like they scream and cry. Like they literally, it is their favorite part of the entire kit is this little hotel soap. And we're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, like we literally like, you know, we'll sew for hours on, you know, to make these kits for them, but it is the soap that changes <laughs> their life. It's yep. crazy, but we don't realize, you know, it's, so. it's the things we, it's the things we take for granted that are usually the biggest blessing. Yes. It's crazy. Yes, absolutely. All right, girl. Well, thank you so much. Um, and I will make sure to link to all of these in the show notes, but thank you for coming on. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Okay. Isn't she amazing? You guys. I could literally sit and talk to her all day. And it's funny because she was a trainer at my CrossFit gym I went to, but I never got to know her there. She went to India shortly after I started. And then, I mean, you know the story from there. She didn't work there much longer. And so it wasn't until she started working at Weightless Anchor that we connected. But I love her heart for these women. And there is just so much power in realizing that it is truly the little things like underwear (laughs) that can show so much love to someone. And I will put a link in the show notes of this episode for where you can support Andrea and Weightless Anchor. But if you're not in Cincinnati, you guys, I'm sure that there are plenty of places where underwear and socks, socks are actually almost always a huge need in homeless shelters around wherever you are. And there are so many homeless families right now in the quarantine and all of that being housed in hotels that are in need of meals and just basic needs for their family. And there are needs all around us. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Though oftentimes we can be so overwhelmed by it and we just don't know where to start, which leads us to do nothing or kind of like putting our blinders on, right? Instead, I hope that this episode really showed you that it's really the little things that can make a huge impact. Like when you're at Target, buying, you know, two extra packs of underwear on your way out or some socks or grabbing some to-go shampoos and conditioner and dropping them off somewhere, right? Like nothing is too small and that is where you can feel empowered. Like I said in the episode, I've learned with my work and missions just in general. um, And if you've listened to this podcast and, you know, it's longevity, I guess. Um, you know that I have a huge art for missions and you know that we're also foster parents though, although this, this fifth babe might, might mess that up, but it doesn't matter. I've learned that you don't ever talk to people about the, um, not ever, but you don't start with the, like, there's 400,000 kids in foster care. (laughs) Why? Because that shuts people down right? Like that statistic is overwhelming. That does not give a tangible place to start. That doesn't give a tangible need. That doesn't give a connection. What that does, it's just, it's overwhelming and it's unrelatable. Um, And so what, what people do is like, okay, well, that's a problem for somebody else. But if I said to you, hey, your neighbor is a foster parent, she could use dinner on Tuesday. That I can do. Okay. I can do that. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Or, you know, this, you know, three people are foster parents. Like anyway, you can have, you know, you have a 17 year old kid, like, Hey, can you have them cut all three of their lawns this Sunday? You know, we'll pay you or something. doesn't matter. Like stuff like that is tangible and it's so helpful. And so if you are somebody who is leading, um, excuse me, an organization or something like that, and you're finding it hard to find people to come forth or finding hard to find finding it hard to find volunteers or people to just kind of help with the donations or whatever it is, people want a number that they can wrap their mind around. 
So yes, the big statistics are very shocking. Um, yes, they're heart wrenching or gut wrenching, right? And they break our hearts, but it's it's too much. <laughs> it's too much for our brain to handle. We can handle dropping off dinner. We can handle making three lasagnas and dropping it off at a church, right? We can handle buying, you know, 10 packs of socks and dropping it off at a homeless shelter. So again, if you are someone who is in charge of any kind of volunteering or trying to get donations together, give people a specific number. I need five socks from 20 people. (laughs) Who can help me out, right? People will come in like crawling out of the woodworks to help you because what I have learned is that people want to help. People want to help. They just need someone. We're all living a 90 mile an hour fast life because that is the culture that we live in. We're all going 90 miles an hour. But if somebody can say, hey, I need six packs of door, bam, I can do that while I'm at Target. And so anyways, if you are leading an organization, ask in that way. And if you are looking to help, um, you know, you can call up a place like Weightless Anchor or a church, I'm sure, or even a school to say, hey, how can I help a teacher out? Hey, could I sponsor a classroom? Hey, um, Weightless Anchor, what is your biggest need? Uh, We did that and it was hygiene kits like Andrea talked about. Or, hey, church, what is something that, um, you know, are you guys doing anything for families on Thanksgiving? Can I supply a box for a Thanksgiving meal, right? Like ask for specific things and um, it just works. (laughs) It just works a little better on both ends. Okay. All right, guys. I hope that you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving week and everyone stays healthy. And I look forward to walking with you and helping you find your grit while completely covering you in grace.